Would you please join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Father, your love is new every morning. And we sometimes take it for granted. But Lord, your love is new so that we might learn to let it shine in us. Lord, let us be your lights. Amen. It's very rarely in God's Word that we find the Trinity, all three parts, visible. Here at the baptism of Jesus, we see the Son of God there in the water. The people standing by saw the Spirit in the form of a dove descend on his head. And even though they didn't see God, they heard the voice say, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Now, preachers like to make you think we're smart. That's called uh, theophany. Um, that's probably the last time I'll use that word uh, at least this year. <laughs> but today is a special day in the life of the church. Today's the day that we remember the baptism of Jesus. Now you say, oh my, what's so important about the baptism of Jesus? You know, we know a whole lot about Jesus' early years, don't we? Well, we heard that he was born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger. We heard that there were some shepherds out in the, the fields that were told that he was going to be born and they came to see him. We know that up to a year or two afterwards, three men came from the east. We call them three kings, three wise men. They came to see Jesus. And that after that, he had a fleet into Egypt. Okay. Then we don't hear a single word about Jesus until Luke tells us something. Uh, when Jesus was 12 years old, his parents took him to the temple in Jerusalem when they celebrated the Passover. And then we don't hear a word about Jesus again. No, we don't really know much about Jesus. And a lot of us would like to know more about Jesus, about his brothers. Did he have sisters? Where he lived? Did his father really die? But you know, God basically shakes his head at us and says, you have all you need to know. Because we don't live by facts and knowledge. We live by faith. Our Lord came to John the Baptist. There is he ministered along the Jordan River. Now please remember, John the Baptist wasn't a Christian minister preaching God's love. John the Baptist came preaching God's wrath and punishment. Shape up or ship out. Well, that's my saying. I don't think John said that. But that was John's message. 
Now, Jesus didn't come, need to come and, and repent of anything. By the rest of Scripture, we're told he was sinless. And yet he comes to John and he says, baptize me. And John says, what do you mean? I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus said, for now, let it be this way. And Jesus is baptized. Jesus' baptism is really his ordination into the rest of his life, the rest of his ministry, into the next three years. An ordination into a life of trying to show the people of his day that God's love was around him at all times. And he wanted your love more than your sacrifices. John saw Jesus through his eyes. Now we can see Jesus through the eyes of God's Word. Jesus' ministry was meant to be more than a proclamation of wrath. It was meant to be an example for God's people. But for us, Jesus' baptism ties us into his humanity. Jesus, sinless Jesus, was tying himself to sinners in that baptism. Sinners like you and me. And when you tie to sinners, you're going to hear about God's wrath. You're going to hear about judgment. You're going to hear about punishment. But Jesus' ministry was to give us something more to hear about. About God's love. Um, celebrated a birthday last October. It was my birthday. And um, I received a package from uh, a city in South Carolina that the name of which I shall not mention in Ohio State Territory. And uh, from that city in South Carolina, uh, when I opened the package, one of the gifts was a book. And it was, the name of the book was Berlin Calling. And the publishing date was 2013. And on the inside of the front cover, Signed by the author. <laughs> and uh, the book was basically an historic novel about the years leading up to the Second World War. How the propaganda machine was going. And how an American girl living in Germany became caught up in that propaganda and believed it. Well, for Christmas this year, and we didn't get these gifts until uh, after Christmas, um, I opened it and there was another book. Same author. And that book is for the years following the Second World War. 
about the war crimes trial. And when I began reading that, my mind flashed back to way back when I was in college. There was a play that was going around. Don't hold me to the name, but I think it was The Deputy. And uh, I think maybe the reason why I think of it is it's sort of a parallel to the life of one Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German who came to this country fleeing the Nazis and finally went back and was hung by the Nazis. Well, the play, The Deputy, was about a Roman Catholic priest. And this is the years before the Second World War. And he learned in these years that Germany had these extermination camps. People didn't all know about them. And most of the people at that time didn't want to know about them, and they kept their eyes straight ahead, and they didn't want to see anything that was different than what they were told. And when he found out about these extermination camps for Jews, he went and he complained to local governments, he complained to the German government, he complained to the church officials, he even wrote to, to Rome. And nobody, nobody was concerned. Nobody wanted to look any further. Nobody wanted to shake the leaves on the trees. And he became so disgusted that he went home. He fashioned a six-pointed star. He sewed it on his sleeve and he reported to an extermination camp, was arrested, and finally was gassed in one of the camps. You know, Jesus' life and his baptism are basically the same thing. He came on the scene to become one of us, to be linked to you and to me and to everyone else that ever lived. Because he had to? No, because he loved us. Had the children up here um, before church, oh, excuse me, at the second service before they went to Sunday school and asked them about um, how can they let their love show? Uh, and th th there were some answers you'd expect to be good. Uh, and, and what I was trying to get out of them, and I finally planned it in them, is to do something to let the love show. And I asked one little girl, are there any old people living in your area? Yeah, there's somebody about 50. And um, have you ever thought about asking your mommy to bake some cookies and put them on a plate and take them over to the man and the lady, uh, whatever their age, and say, here's a gift. And, you know, maybe they will just be so tickled to see a young lady do something like that that they'll see Jesus' love in you. 
That's what we're called on to be about. Showing Jesus' love. You know, Jesus, by, I'm, I'm going to go down from here because my shoes always make more noise up there than they do on the carpet. Um, Jesus, in his baptism, brought us into the kingdom of God. In what way? Um, I was baptized in St. Paul Lutheran Church up in Cleveland, two blocks away from where that guy uh, assaulted the three women for a couple of years, for 10 years, not a couple. West 73rd Street. And when I was baptized, my parents and God made a covenant. And when I was confirmed, I wasn't confirmed in that church, it was another Lutheran church up on Puritus Road in the west side of Cleveland, and I took that covenant on for myself. Now, I don't know where you were baptized. I'm certain some of you may have been baptized right here at this church. And when you were baptized, God made three promises to you. And those three promises aren't something to be taken lightly. The first promise was, you were, are my child now. You know, we don't always act like God's children. There are times that I've been embarrassed about things I've done. And I'm certain there's times in your life, whether you want to admit it or not, you're probably embarrassed about some stupid things you've done. Maybe I should say got hit on the head with a baseball bat, yeah. Um, but God says, no, you are now one of my children. That's a great promise. I can go anywhere knowing I'm one of God's children. But the second promise is even greater than that. God says, any time you ask for forgiveness, I'll forgive your sins. You're one of my children now. You know, there's, there's a lot of times that I've thought, well, maybe, I, maybe God doesn't want to forgive this sin. That's not a, in God's promise to us. He says, I will forgive your sin if you're truly sorry for it and repent of that sin. I'll forgive it. How can you go wrong? How can you possibly go wrong? We have a God who calls us His children, has made us His children, and He's willing to forgive us all the time. Well, I think God even topped that promise. In the third promise, He said, eternal life is yours. Now, we can't top that promise. If you die believing in Jesus Christ, eternal life is yours. Whew. Just because your parents and God made a deal and God made you one of his children and Jesus' sacrifice 
is tied to that baptism. That's why God can forgive our sins, because Jesus paid the price. He was baptized to be tied to humanity. And when he died, his sacrifice became the sacrifice for us. And God in his love, that's what it's all about. We're in the season of epiphany. Epiphany is the time to let our love show. Let our light shine. Bake cookies or have mommy bake the cookies and take them over to that 50-year-old guy. <laughs> Certainly not anyone as old as Matt, but to take them to that 50-year-old guy. Because then your light is shining. Uh, we, we have two doors down, a little girl. Uh, the lady babysits with her. And uh, she started uh, kindergarten this fall, but every afternoon when Mr. Dick's truck was in the driveway or Miss Shirley was outside, she'd ride her bike up to visit us. Now, she didn't know that she was letting her love shine. My grandchildren are, except for one of them, are all off in college or beyond. But she was letting her love show just by willing to come down and visit Mr. Dick and Miss Shirley. To tell you the truth, she came too often. But, <laughs> but she was doing something good. Well, you're called on to let your love shine. You're one of God's children. You have three assurances that eternal life is yours because you're God's child. He's forgiven you, and the gift of the resurrection is yours. Let your light shine. Let people see that God lives in you. Who knows? Maybe it shouldn't be the little children that bake those cookies and take them down the street to that older couple. Maybe it needs to be you. But friends, let your light shine. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Son gave his life so that we might have eternal life. Teach us to let your love shine from us so that the world can see your love in action. Amen.